Welcome to the Six Ways to Sunday podcast, hosted by award-winning television director, documentary filmmaker, author, and speaker, Craig D. Forrest. Join Craig for the next few minutes as he interviews leaders, artists, and creatives about trends and insights shaping our digital world and faith-based media. This podcast is produced and brought to you by Matchstick Media International. Now, here's Craig. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Craig Forrest. We have an exceptionally talented guest with us today who's not only a writer but a producer, has been an executive producer, and uh, has used the word many times of having been in the trenches. That's a great explanation of what it's like to work in in both teach, uh, television and in feature films. We have Brian Bird with us. Welcome, Brian. Thanks, Craig. Honor, honored to be with you. Absolutely. Honor for me uh, to interview and uh, interview you and also for our listeners to hear some of your sage wisdom that you you can give us. Brian uh, can be found in a couple of three places, three or four places. You can find Brian at his blog, brianbird.net.net, brianbird.net. You can also find him on Facebook and especially also on Twitter at brbird, at brbird. And uh, these are a couple, two or three platforms where you can find Brian and engage with him. I will tell you that his blog has a lot of great information for up-and-coming screenwriters, and there's some good producing advice there as well. Very realistic, very practical, good stuff. So, Brian, I know that you started as a writer, I believe, in your teenage uh, year, 17 or so. Tell us, what was your first uh, start in writing? Well, here, here's what happened, Craig. I, um, you know, I was pretty much just a wallflower teenager, uh, not exceptional at, at, at anything, really. Uh, uh, tr- you know, kind of mediocre at sports, although I did play some football and some track, ran some track. Uh, but I was sort of always like a uh, bronze medal type guy, you know, third place type guy. Um, I had a, a, an English teacher when I was a sophomore in high school. Uh, hold me back after class, and um, I thought, you know, what what did I do? Uh, I've just, um, I've just, I'm busted. What did I do? <laughs> and she was uh, holding one of the essays that I had written for the class, and you know, it had an A plus on it. And uh, she said, you know, really good job, but that's not why I want to talk to you. She said, I, I want to. Uh, enter this essay in a regional contest on your behalf, if you don't mind. Wow. Um, and then, you know, then she gave me the real bit of uh, sage uh, wisdom that an adult champion does for a young person. She, she looked me right in the eye and she said, you could do this for a living if you want to. And, you know, as a 15-year-old, uh, nobody had ever told me anything like that before. Uh, my parents loved me, uh, you know, and were proud of, you know, everything I did. But, you know, as parents, we're proud of everything our kid does or our children do, you know, including the first time they take a poop in the toilet. <laughs> so you know, that's not exactly, you know, that's not exactly high praise to have your, your parents, uh, your biased parents praise you. But when, when, a, when a third party adult becomes a champion in your life like that, you listen. And so she lit a, a fire under me that day, and, and she she uh, she watched over me throughout the rest of my high school years. And 
uh, ultimately said to me, you know, you need to go to journalism school. And I had, uh, you know, I had also gotten into, uh, you know, editing the high school newspaper and had my own column. And so it was one, my one way to shine on the campus. Uh, but she, in which she fostered, I mean, she pushed me into that and then she pushed me into going to journalism school. So I ended up, uh, really training as a journalist first and foremost and, uh, ended up as a daily, uh, new, you know, newspaper reporter for a daily newspaper in the San Gabriel Valley of, of California, the San Gabriel Valley Tribune, mm-hmm. um, for a number of years. So, uh, did some magazine work and some newspaper work. I wrote a lot in the Christian press. Ultimately, I joined the, the ranks of World Vision in right, 19, right. uh, early 1980s and became director of media relations there, was doing a lot of writing for their magazine, traveled the world. So I really began my writing career as a, as a journalist. I mean, that's, that's really how I learned how to write. And, uh, even to this day, working in film and television for 30 years now, I, you know, I still consider myself a journalist first. And journalism must be a great background because you're right. You're writing all the time, and you're writing about all kinds of different subjects. That's got to be a, a great start for someone. Uh, the number one thing about writing is writing, and right. uh, you can just put it off. But if you're doing it on a daily basis, that must have been a, a great training for you. It was, and it's good discipline too, because there's, you know, especially in just hard news, you know, there's a box that you're in, so you have to. Uh, really be disciplined in terms of what you say and, and you only have so many words to, to, to be clear. The economy. The economy of words. And so, you know, really touching people's lives, their hearts when they're reading your stuff, uh, you have to be like a laser, uh, to do it. And so that, I still feel that, that that's that journalistic, you know, training that I had. Uh, shows up all the time in what I do for film and television. Um, because I, you know, I have to find a way to, uh, to, to put a dagger in people's hearts, <laughs> you know, in a good way, uh, to try to touch them, to try to reach them, to try to, uh, you, you know, um, push the buttons that I want to push. And, you know, vague writing never accomplishes that. Uh, you have to be laser, laser sharp. Interesting conversation with writer-producer Brian Bird. We'll be back in 32 seconds. This podcast features engaging conversations with leaders, artists, and creatives sharing about current trends and insights shaping our digital world and faith-based media. Today's episode is produced by Matchstick Media International, a nonprofit that's passionate about inspiring both visionary leaders and young creatives to harness the power of media to further the gospel. To learn more, visit us at matchstickmedia.org. Now, back to Craig. Now, here's some more with Brian Bird. Something very interesting happened. I remember a story that you wrote a little while ago about being in Ethiopia in the mid-1980s and seeing, seeing something interesting. Talk about that. My first foray into, into television uh, was in 1983-84. Um, my wife's great uncle, Don Ingalls, was my for, my first mentor sort of in the TV and film space. And he was a legendary golden age of television kind of writer producer guy that got, got his start way back in the, in the series like 
have gun will travel and the riflemen and bonanza and the big valley star trek police story you know i mean his his credits went on forever well i, I mean this is my wife's great uncle he had read some of the material uh you know that i had written in magazine and newspaper work and he you know he said you know you're you're good have you ever thought about television and film? And, you know, I loved, as a consumer, I loved TV and film growing up. Uh, but I never thought, you know, I would do this myself. And I thought, you know, journalism was where I trained and where I landed. But he, you know, he said, you should consider it. And he gave me, you know, several scripts. I had never seen what a script looked like. He, he pointed me to a couple sort of salient books that every professional screenwriter has yellowing, coffee-stained dog-eared copies of in their library. And so I picked up those books. I read them. I read these scripts. And late at night, we had our first, you know, we had uh, had our first son was born. Um, and so between, you know, 10, 8, 10 p.m. and midnight every night, I, I started working on a spec script for the show Fantasy Island, which was this the show that Don Engels worked for uh, as a writer-producer. And um, so I, I wrote, you know, spent two, three months late at night writing this spec script and turned it into Don. And he read it and he loved it. He said, you know, you've got some chops here. If we get picked up for an eighth season, I want, I want to bring you aboard. Uh, uh, I want to give you an opportunity to come in and pitch some, some freelance art, uh, episodes. And so, um, he was good to his word. They did get renewed for an eighth season. Uh, so he called me in and I went in and there was this, group of three or four guys there, sort of all mucky mucks, writer producers on the show. And I brought in four ideas, just, you know, a paragraph each, kind of just a, just a log line just in, uh, in, in a nutshell, what the episode might be and pitched all four. And they said, uh, we like number three, uh, go, go out, go write an outline. We'll get a deal rolling. And so they, and they said, well, who's your agent? And I said, um, what, what's an agent? <laughs> <laughs> And, and they, <clears throat> Don smiled and said, no, no worries. I'll have my agent represent you on this. And so, um, I went off and, and worked on an outline. They gave me some sample outlines, you know, a treatment of, for what an episode would look like. Um, uh, went off and wrote that. I got a, a contract in the mail to write an episode of Fantasy Island. Um, oh, that must have been exciting. Wow. Incredible. <clears throat> yeah. You know, uh, for a 23 year old guy, you know, at the time I was probably making, you know, $25,000, $28,000 a year, uh, as a, as a PR guy for World Vision. And this contract said that I would be paid $13,883 for a half hour script. Basically half a year's salary for one yeah, script. Exactly. So. I, I wrote the script, uh, you know, I wrote the outline, brought it in. They gave me some notes. I went back uh, and they said, okay, now go to script. Make sure you adjust for the thoughts that were giving you these notes. And so I wrote a first draft of the script, turned it in. They said, it's great. Here's some more notes. Go off and do a second draft. I did that and uh, turned it in. They said, okay, we're shooting it. And then Don pulled me aside and he said, now, just want you to know that if you had crashed and burned on this, no problem. We had another, we had a backup script and ready to go just in case you crashed and burned. Okay. Well, had I known that, I would have totally crashed and burned. I would have choked. Big it, would have, time. it would have hurt your confidence. Exactly. But, you know, he was kind about it. And uh, ultimately, they loved what I wrote. 
And he said, uh, and they shot the show, they produced the show, you know, April, I think it was April 24th when it aired, 1984. And so I had a big party of all my family and friends came over and we got around the, you know, the 30-inch tube tele- color television and watched my name on national television oh. uh, as a 24-year-old. And that that's a huge moment for a young person like that. Let me get back to Ethiopia. Did, yeah. did I remember something about Ethiopia from the past? Yes. So th- this all leads into that. It's a long way of answering your original question. So my connections dried up. The show got canceled. Don went into semi-retirement. I thought, you know, and as I got further away from that, 1984, I thought, okay, well, you know, I'm getting some perspective on that. And, you know, it was cool, but it's like one, you know, it's like a blink of, you know, a grain of sand in the cosmos. You know, who really cares? And uh, four years later, I'm in Ethiopia, 1988. I'm doing a, a story for World Vision magazine on the kind of the, the, the fo- a follow-up to the great famine of the early or the mid 80s that we are the world uh, famine. Um, and I'm in my hotel room in the Hilton Hotel in Addis Ababa and flipping through Ethiopian television or, you know, just TV on the on the, the hotel TV. And, you know, guess what I see? I, not only Fantasy Island, but my episode of Fantasy Island, four years later. Small world. And it was, you know, it was in English, uh, still in English in terms of the audio, but it had Amharic subtitles on it. And, you know, in that four years, I had gotten enough perspective to realize that, you know, it's pretty much, you know, it it was not that much of an accomplishment ultimately um, to get one episode of television uh, on TV. I, you know... Uh, I had gone, I gained some perspective and I, it, but it, I had an epiphany. I had a theophany really at that moment. I had so much enjoyment doing that, that television show and that fictional writing that I had done as opposed to just the straight sort of journalistic approach to things. Um, that I, you know, it, it definitely whet my appetite to do more, but I had gotten the perspective I needed in terms of, um, you know, if a show kind of that lame, <laughs> and it was kind of a, it was okay, but it was kind of a lame show. You know, you know, the, the, the series Fantasy Island. It's like it was the same people that did Love Boat, right? So it's sort of a lame show. But if something that lame is being exported all over the world, the opposite had to be true. The opportunity for life and faith affirming media content is also there in huge in a huge way and i just you know i got down it was a crystal moment for me i I said it's being exported all over the world what else could we do you know what what couldn't isn't there so much more we could do with this opportunity and i just said god if you want you know if you want to put me back in that game uh you open the doors because i have no clue how to do that i'm just a writer i don't know where to go with that and a year later, I was on staff on my first national network TV show. A year later. A year later. And um, uh, 10, let's see, that was 88. So 10 years later, I was on staff on the show Touched by an Angel. Mm-hmm. 
and we were in 200 countries with Touch by an Angel. Whoa. So it, I really see that crystal moment in that hotel room in, in Ethiopia as uh, uh, one of those milestone, you know, those um, memorial stones that you, that the Israelites, God instructed the Israelites to put down in the desert when they were wandering for 40 years so that they, if they ever pass that way again, they could be reminded of what God had done for them. Right. And uh, so for me, that hotel is one of those memorial stones. Fascinating. Now, how do you make the jump a year later? Did you still have an agent or what was the way oh, in, no, uh, what, the doorway into to making the jump? One of my colleagues and I, uh, actually at World Vision, a uh, uh, guy named John Wyrick. I don't know if you've met oh, him. Oh, yeah, but, I remember John. Yeah, John and I um, were friends. John actually did a lot of freelance writing for, for me when I was running the PR department there. And um, we landed on, a, on a, a true story that we wrote as a spec feature uh, called The Magnolia Passion. And it's the true story of the, the murder of Emmett Till. Okay. Which uh, has almost been made several times as a movie. Um, we, it's been optioned multiple times, and it's even to this day, even though it's you know, uh, you know, twenty five years old when we first started working on it, it still gets us meetings. The 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 script just for whatever reason sang to people, and it's such a powerful story uh, that opened the door for us to that script. Uh, you know, through networking and sort of just uh, meet and greet kinds of opportunities, uh, that script opened a, opened the door for us to get on to the staff of the TV show. And um, it, it's still, we still want that script to be made because it's sort of like our passion project. Um, it never has been, but it's certainly uh, uh, gotten us into, into other opportunities uh for work, actually, we've been hired to do other work based on that writing sample. Great things from Brian Bird, TV uh, and film writer, producer. Hope you join us for more of the conversation in the next episode. You've been listening to the Six Ways to Sunday podcast with Craig D. Forrest, brought to you by Matchstick Media International, dedicated to excellence in media through inspiration, vision, and education. To learn more, visit us on the web at matchstickmedia.org. That's matchstickmedia.org. Your generous donations, large or small, help defray costs for producing this creative podcast. Thanks for listening and subscribing.